people think I'm damaged goods. I'm worried about losing my job. Will I ever get a transplant? I want to see my children graduate from college. How can I afford this? I don't want to be a burden. I'm afraid. I'm overwhelmed with information. Sometimes I wonder if I'll ever fall in love and get married. I just want to play with my friends. You're listening to Kidney Talk, streaming health, happiness, and hope to the renal community with your hosts, Lori Hartwell and Stephen Furst. Today, we're going to be talking about a very important issue. It's a House Bill 2969, Comprehensive Immunosuppressant Drug Coverage for Kidney Transplant Patients Act of 2011. And uh, we're really excited today because we have uh, Congressman Michael Burgess, who's a physician. And after spending three decades of practicing medicine, he uh, became a representative in 2002 in Texas. So Dr. Burgess serves on the prestigious House Energy and Commerce Committee and is the vice chairman of the Subcommittee on Health. Dr. Burgess founded and currently serves as chairman of the Congressional Health Care Caucus. And we're so excited because he is a lead sponsor on this very important bill. So welcome to the show, Congressman Burgess. So uh, Congressman Burgess, how did you become interested in the issue of lifetime immunosuppressant medication for people who have a kidney transplant? Well, it's uh, certainly something that has gotten my attention throughout my professional career. Now, my background was in OBGYN, so I didn't deal a lot with transplants and transplant patients and end-stage renal disease. However, it would occasionally cross our clinical spectrum, and just the notion that someone who was post-transplant could have a successful pregnancy in the early 1970s was was kind of, uh, as I recall at Parkland Hospital, that was relatively novel and uh, 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 gathered a lot of attention. Now, fast forward to, to being here in Congress and understanding about the, the policies surrounding end-stage renal disease and that transplantation services are covered, and immunosuppressive drugs are covered for 36 months, but I suspect that anybody who's undergone a transplant, and certainly any surgeon who's performed a transplant, expects and hopes that it's going to last far in excess of 36 months. So and to end the, uh, the opportunity for immunosuppression at 36 months not only seems harsh, I mean, it seems unwise, because the uh, cost of caring for someone who loses their graft and has to go back on dialysis is going to be much greater than the cost of simply keeping someone on their immunosuppressive medication. I know I often find that a lot of patients aren't aware that they get transplanted, then 36 months later, they lose their Medicare unless they can, you know, say they're disabled or prove they're disabled. And then you get in that situation where you have a pre-existing condition and you can't get insurance and you end up losing your transplant, which unfortunately I've had some friends who have lost their transplant because they can't get access to the medication. And then they go back on dialysis. And it's just, it's such a sad, you know, situation because you don't know how to help these people. Have you had any contact with patients that have had this issue? I, I did not myself directly my medical practice. It has come up uh, a couple of times with constituents at town halls and telephone town halls. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's just um, you don't know what to do because the medications are quite expensive and um, you're kind of caught between a, a rock and a hard place. And I've actually met some um, younger people that are healthy, but they say, you know, I don't feel well because they're so worried about not having access to medications to keep their, their graft. To me, I mean, we talk a lot about entitlement reform. This, at its very basic, is entitlement reform. It is, it is the smart type of entitlement right. reform. Rather than creating a 
situation that is entirely caused by a federal program or federal policy uh, that puts someone back on dialysis, why don't we help them maintain their health? And it, uh, to me, it underscores the, the, the difficult nature of the one-size-fits-all stuff that sometimes comes out of the federal government. Well, yeah, when the, um, uh, the ES- ESRD program was created, which I'm so grateful for because I'm a product of that. As I mentioned earlier, I started my first dialysis treatment was in 1968. And when I received uh, my third transplant in 1990, um, I was caught in that situation where after three years, I lost my Medicare coverage. And, and I was a young girl. And the thing is, is that people don't understand is that um, luckily, I was able to get a job that got insurance, but I had about six months that I didn't have insurance. Um, luckily, I'm skilled enough to afford my illness. I was able to go get a good job, but a lot of younger people aren't skilled enough to get a job that has insurance and that has the benefits, and then they're caught in this situation. They end up losing their transplants. It doesn't only happen to young people. It happens to older people, too. If they lose their job or something, it's just so sad. Can you tell us a little bit about how it works? Uh, you know, basically, it's cheaper to keep a transplanted graft than to actually send somebody back on dialysis? Well, the, the cost of Medicare for a year of dialysis is probably pushing $80,000 a year. Uh, the cost for the medication to keep someone on immunosuppressive drugs is probably less than $20,000 a year. So you can see there's a, a four-to-one uh, differential there. And again, if you want to do entitlement reform in the smart way, uh, buy the therapy that costs one-fourth of the uh, of, of dialysis, which would be maintaining someone's immunosuppressive medication. You don't even have to pay for the surgery again. You just keep on the medication. And the benefit basically covers the medication. It's not a full Medicare benefit, correct? That's correct. And, and uh, as some people do do misconstrue it. And right now, as far as the legislation is designed, it is to maintain immunosuppressive therapy, not full coverage under Medicare for someone who otherwise would not be eligible. Someone who's disabled, someone who's over the age of 65, obviously, that's not an issue, but uh, someone who otherwise would just simply lose their Medicare coverage under the end-stage renal disease program, and that's what happens. I mean, it's no longer end-stage renal disease, except that we're going to create end-stage renal disease by the fact we're following a policy that makes absolutely no sense. I know. It's, it's kind of crazy because I had a, a personal connection with a young girl who her mother donated her kidney to her, and then her uh, mother passed away later on for other issues, you know, just not related, but then she was a young girl and couldn't figure out the system and lost her mother's kidney. And, I mean, you hear these stories where people donate kidneys of their loved ones or their family members, and then, you know, we can't keep them viable. I mean, they gave this incredible gift, <laughs> and I'm, I'm one of those people who received the gift. We should do everything possible to keep it viable. Right, and in, at the end of the day, it's a, it's a cost saver. Well, it is. It's a cost saver, and it makes sense, and it, it, it prevents a lot of unneed suffering. You know, I've, I've had some questions from some of our, our members that, you know, uh, um, if in fact, the exchanges take effect in 2014, how will that impact this bill? I mean, um, you know, will there be a need for it, or will all the patients who have Medicare, you know, be able to get into this um, type of exchange? Well, first off, you, uh, you don't know what's going to happen in 2014, and certainly just as far as the Affordable Care Act, uh, the interest of full disclosure, I was opposed to the policy of 15 months ago and, and remain opposed to it. There is a challenge to the Supreme Court. So will the will in fact 2014 actually arrive with those uh, with those benefits intact? And I don't think anyone now 
can say with absolute certainty that that is the case. And even at that, 2014 is a long ways away. And here we are, 2011. Wouldn't it make sense if this is good public policy and it's actually going to be taken care of in 2014? Why wouldn't it make sense to take care of it today? Why, why should we wait and have people lose the benefit of two and a half years of, of coverage where they might jeopardize their graft? So I think it's important to, to push forward on this. And certainly it's an example that I use to Dr. Berwick at the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services. Hey, I'll believe what you say about you wanting to do things in an improved fashion when you stop acting like this, when you stop a policy that is so clearly, so flagrantly flawed, then I'll believe that you're serious about actually improving the system. And we've actually had that discussion before in a very good-natured way, of course. Uh, But no, I believe it's important to continue to push the policy. Uh, Wait for 2014. Sure, that's an alternative strategy. Will 2014 really arrive in the way, shape, or form that people think that it will. Remember, there have been a lot of disappointments that people have experienced along the way with the Affordable Care Act. You don't know what the benefit plans are going to be. You don't know whether the benefit plans uh, provide this type of coverage will actually be affordable to the people who need them. So there there are lots of questions there. Yeah, one of the discussions I had uh, with somebody who's, you know, in, in the process of helping develop them is that there's going to be different tiers, and we don't know what would be included in different tiers, and perhaps a, a patient would be in a lower tier and then, you know, not be eligible for the medication, and we'd be in the same situation. So. Could be, and, and even at that, even if everything goes uh, just swimmingly for the Affordable Care Act and the Supreme Court challenges, no problem, and the 2012 election is no problem. 2014 arrives and, and these exchanges are set up and, and people are going to be getting their benefits. Uh, it would be good to have the model for what works in the instance of the person who has received a transplant. And if they are on a lower tier policy that normally would not cover this type of expense, uh, maybe it would be good to have the model that would allow for an exception in the case of someone who's received a transplant. Well, and, uh, you know... It, and not have to reinvent the wheel all over again. Right. I mean, you know, that would be great because, you know, it's always about implementation, isn't it? Everything's about getting the service to the uh, the person who's in need of it. Well, it, also, too, over 80,000 people are waiting for kidney transplants right now. And in Los Angeles, where I live, the waiting list is seven to nine years. And, um, you know, there is some statistics on, you know, the lifespan of people on dialysis. So, um, you know, to just waste kidney because they can't afford their medications is just, I mean, it's just, you know, it makes me actually nauseous because we do, we have a nonprofit organization for people with kidney disease and we get calls from people who, you know, they don't know what to do and we always direct them to their transplant centers and it's, but it's so much work to be able to get medications and quite frankly, I find a lot of patients just give up because they feel very frustrated and then they get help when they go back on dialysis. So it's a, it's a, it's a crazy situation. Um, Is there any opposition to this bill? Like what is, what do people say when they push back? Like, I don't think this is a good idea. I really have not encountered any opposition. And remember, in the last Congress, Bill was introduced by a Republican who's now chairman of the Ways and Means Committee. I obviously have his support in, in introducing the bill into this Congress. Uh, I suppose if the, the, the pushback were to occur, it would be on the, hey, this is going to cost money. Yeah, it is. It's going to cost money. Uh, I'll be absolutely honest and upfront about that. But on the other hand, it costs about 25% of what it would cost if you let the coverage run out and let the graft be uh, be rejected by the recipient. That is that is a much more expensive 
undertaking than just simply continuing the medication and allowing the craft. I know it's, uh, and, and you know, I know from personal experience too. Some patients have jobs and they're working and they're doing great, and then you know, a lot of in smaller companies can't afford insurance, so they they hit that wall, and they're desperate. I mean, it, it's a, a serious situation. Well, in the Senate, there's a companion bill and Senator Durbin, which is exciting because it's so nice to have a House bill and a Senate bill. And I mean, what what would it take to make this bill pass? Well, as you point out, the good news is you've got a bill with bipartisan and bicameral. You've got a Republican sponsor in the House. You've got a, a, a Democratic senator supporting it on the other side of the Capitol. So it is clearly bipartisan. You've got... Uh, energy on on both sides of the Capitol Rotunda pushing this thing. So where people can help is to call their member of Congress or call their senator and encourage them to to sign on to the bill. The House bill is number 2969. So when a patient is calling their office or emailing a congressman, what are you looking for? Are you looking for um, a quick letter, a fax, a phone call? What works the best to be convinced that an issue is important? Well, all of the above work. I mean, I'm in an office that gets 65,000 uh, faxes or emails or, or snail mail letters a year. So you get any congressional office gets a lot of information. But when you start receiving uh, repetitive requests for co-sponsorship of the bill, after it reaches a certain point, it, uh, it gets some attention. So uh, don't leave it to chance. Get either, whether, whether it's with an email, and you go to your member of Congress's website, uh, you can just Google their name, or you can go to the United States House of Representatives website, and they have an alphabetical list of members. If you don't know your member of Congress, shame on you, but find it out. <laughs> uh, and and then uh, follow up with uh, with a brief email, personal story if you have one. Write it out on a, uh, on your own letterhead and, and put it in an envelope and a stamp and, and mail it in. All of these things work, and it is the cumulative weight of all of that information that will actually make the difference. Just one word about snail mail. Uh, Of course, here we sit at the 10-year anniversary of the anthrax attacks. Any mail that comes to the congressional office actually goes somewhere to be irradiated, so it takes time to to get here. But if you mail it to the the district office, uh, they're likely to get it much more quickly, and it it has the same effect. Uh, It doesn't have to be mailed to Washington for someone to pay attention to it. If you mail it to the member of Congress's district office, and you'll see the the district office addresses when you go to the website. I, I can't think of any member of Congress who wouldn't have their contact information on their website. Well, we're going to have a link on this show, so you, all you have to do is type in your zip code and you'll find your senator or congressman, so it'll be very easy for people to locate who to contact. Well, uh, you know, Congressman Burgess, I mean, I can't tell you how grateful I am that you took the lead on this in the House. Uh, H.R. 2969 is so important, the Comprehensive Immunosuppressant Drug Coverage for Kidney Transplant Patient Act of 2011. Um, it, it's a long title, <laughs> and it's I, I almost had to take a breath when I said that. Um, but it, it is. It's, you know, to amend the Social Security Act to provide extended month of Medicare for coverage of immunosuppressant drugs for kidney transplant patients. And so I'm, I'm so grateful that you're doing this and the, the companion bill in the Senate, uh, Senate Bill 1454, introduced by Senator Richard Durbin from Illinois. So, you know, uh, thanks for being the leader on this cause, and I will get the word out. And, you know, hopefully uh, by the beginning of next year, maybe we'll have this uh, bill passed. Well, thank you, and thank you for, for your energy behind this. And uh, i got to say, it's been, 
it's been a thrill to talk to you, someone who, who started on their their journey with, with kidney disease uh, literally when I was in high school to <laughs> see that you're still with us and you're still active and you're an activist. Uh, that's, that's pretty gratifying and sometimes pay off. Adversity introduces you to yourself. And, uh, you know, I'm very lucky and I've had such great health care and physicians and, you know, and I've also been an advocate for myself, too, which has helped. And I now want to pass that knowledge on to other people. And, you know, I can tell just from the people listening, if you get a chance to go out and meet your congressman, um, I know mine, mine's Congressman Adam Schiff. And, you know, I go out to his events and I tell him what's going on in my life and what needs to be improved. And, you know, for those of you listening, it's really good to make that face-to-face contact when you can with your elected officials. It makes a big difference. Absolutely. Thank you for your advocacy and your leadership on this. Okay, have a great day. We can control our own destiny. We can take charge of our health and ask questions about our medical options. We can form partnerships with our health care team. We can take steps towards self-improvement. We can be sensitive to the impact of our disease on our family. We can sing, dance, laugh, and enjoy our lives. We can appreciate today and look forward to tomorrow. We can help and support our fellow patients. We can pursue our hopes and dreams. We can make a difference. 